Great DJs deserve great music. That's why here at Desi BPM, we're giving professional DJs access to the first ever online DJ pool exclusively for Desi Music. Register your interest now and receive your first three months free at desibpm.com. Yeah, yeah, welcome to the show, it's the number one show, interviews and music, podcast, you know, integrate the culture through the times, just sit back and chill, it's the roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes, just sit back and chill, it's the roots and rhymes, all you really need is some roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes. So Mac, it's a pleasure to have this week's guest on the show, started our journey as DJs and, and came through the ranks together so it's it's a real honor to have this guy on today definitely we someone whose progress we've managed we've had the opportunity to see over the years we've seen him from a from when we were young all the way to where he is today and it's been a great journey and i'm really looking forward to hearing it and having this conversation because it's one of those people where you know a lot about their story but it's always great to hear it from their words no absolutely and there is a a period of time where we were doing different things and we wasn't exactly in the same arenas together and that kind of stuff so it's good to to get his perspective today and i'm looking forward to having an in-depth conversation with him so without further ado on today's episode we have one of the industry's most talented djs he's arguably the master of the punjabi quick switch set he gets every party rocking by being his own master of ceremony. He's a cute ear for music, has also given a huge success as a producer, and I have the pleasure of calling him one of my longtime friends. It's DJ Nav Music. How you doing, brother? Wow. <laughs> DJ Nav. Should I cry now or after this <laughs> Because that was, that was probably way more than what I deserve, but you know what? It means a lot. And we actually all grew up together. We've all got different stories. And this is really weird. <laughs> this is it's really weird. It's one of those where, you know, like you say, we've all... We've all started off in the same place, 100%. gone in uh, different directions, and here we are today doing this podcast. And you know, all doing have done different things, but you know, today's about you. And Chunza's introduction really does sum up where you have been and where you are at so far. Kind of shocked me that was actually like next level. I literally got sent you know the tea. <laughs> of my it's great to have you on. So, uh, how are you doing? I'm good. Did you know when when you rang me and says uh, you want to interview me? I was like, Yo, Gita, we like. Are we going out to play cricket? Or are we like going to somewhere else? Or going to swim baths? Or are we going to practice? What is it? And he's like, no, bro, we're dropping an interview. And I was like, yo, that's your podcast, Giza. Absolutely. So just before we do move further, well done. And you guys are smashing it. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that, man. But obviously, we all know you're, you're a bit of a tech-phobe. So we've gone off the digital platforms and uh, we've moved away from Zoom and we're here in a venue, social distancing. And um, and recording live, our very first one of the podcast. So it was a good little run for us, but it's it's really good to be doing it with you as well. I haven't seen you in a while, so I thought this is the only way I'll get to do it. The only real time I see you at the moment now is when you're behind the deck smashing it and I'm pissed on the dance floor. This, so. this yeah. feels really weird. Like you two got laptops in front of you. This, honestly, do you know how it feels? Naked. Yeah. <laughs> I got clothes on, but I'm like, yo, what? I'm touching nothing at all. But Let's go with it, man. Yeah. So how's, how's lockdown been for you? Are you making plans for the future? What's, what's up with that? Uh, lockdown for me was something that was a blessing. And okay. everyone's saying, is it because it was family time? Family time added to it. For me, this season, I'd say I was ill-prepared Ill for, in mm. a way. But God was on my side again. He basically said, Nav, you're not ready for the season. So what we'll do is we'll just put everyone in the same boat. So every DJ that is where they're smashing it or they're not doing so well, someone that is getting somewhere, someone that's not, or someone that's just not been posting anything about social media, mm. 
um, we're going to put you on the same boat and then put you all back on the scene together. So for me, God's on my side. You know what? I, I was just going to say, you took a break from social media. So what, what sparked that? Um, someone reported my Instagram because I posted a sick video of a wedding that I did and uh, I just went, hold on, I don't need social media. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. that sounds really arrogant, but that's what I actually did. Okay. So you just took, thought you'd take, take stock of the situation, step back from it and, uh, and kind of just break yourself away? Literally, Johns, like from addictive roadshow days to... That's a throwback. Mac Daddy days. Yeah, yeah, to urban desi days from where we started. Um, I had a business card once and that was social media, what is today for me. A business yeah, card. Yeah, all yeah. we had in our day or flyers mm. and tables and within a year of DJing, somebody ripped off my card. A year, six weeks of DJing. Mm. So ripped off my card, same design, same name, just changed the mobile number. So I said, I'll never, ever put my number on a card again. Okay. 20 years later, 20 years, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought I'd do that again. See what Nav's worth. Mm. Not in an arrogant way, just to see if there is real people. And I'm very blessed. And uh, Gizmet's something that I thought wasn't on my side. Mm. This period showed me that everything is on my side. When you're not pushing for it, you're not asking mm. for it, and you're not chasing it. Yeah. That's when the people that call you, message you, and inquire they looked for you. You yeah. didn't put yourself in their eye. They yeah. wanted you. Not you because you're, not you're feeding business. them. Feeding them. Because that's what I see. Everyone's doing the same thing. A new song comes out and before it's even hit a chart, it's got 65 remixes. Mm. And that's just within the first five minutes. Mm. So I didn't want to keep doing the same thing. So my yeah. distancing myself became my marketing. Okay. You know, which, which shows, which ultimately does show the strength of the brand. Of, of, and of who you are because like you say people ask for you there's no better compliment than word of mouth is one of the strongest forms of marketing that they could wish for anyway absolutely but at the same time it's, uh, it's also a mistake so at the same time you gain what people know about you they know who you are and they've seen what you do and they might just see a promo or whatever they might have known or somebody will recommend you think about the amount of people that you've missed but I didn't chase it because I really wanted to know what I was worth and thank God it, it kind of worked out. Rewind. Let's take it back. Know your roots. So we, we before, first became friends when we were, what, around 11 years old. So that best part, 20 years plus. And we didn't really have an idea about what would happen five or six years down the line. So in the years prior to when we were 11 years old, mm-hmm. what were your noticeable interests in music and what what kind of brought you to think, I, I, I'm going to love music in the future. What, what were your thoughts on that? My dad was Keaton, but, um, and he's always been a singer, and I used to go to the Gurdwara. Every DJ and every singer's got the same story, by the way, so mine's going to, I'll try and change it for you all. <laughs> but um, I used to play tabla. It started from the tabla. I was super passionate about it, but I also loved, like, parties. My mama played doll, used to play from the Keith Singh, mm. and every family party, I used to just stand in front of him and just be in awe of how he controlled his performance, and no one cared about what song it was. It was just a smiling guy on the doll, and he was the room. Well, however big, however small, he was just in control, and people were like, it was mainly the Varney that he was getting. I was like, yeah. yo, <laughs> which one's going to fall first? There's <laughs> good money in this. <laughs> and then my dad used to sing, and uh, dad stopped singing in a Bhangra band because of a certain scenario where he was, because my dad's a Mr. Singh, Mm. Never trimmed his beard. Top man. Legend loved him to bits. 
And uh, somebody said to him, another Mr. Singh said, Singhs don't do this, so you shouldn't do it. And my dad, me and my dad went, you know what, you're right. But my dad's a sick singer. So, so I, I was just going to say, your, your dad is deeply religious. Uh, and in his younger years, he was a poet or singer. And I, I've had the pleasure of hearing him sing and he's got an absolutely beautiful, soft voice. Bad boy Thumbi player though. Well, that's, that's I the haven't had the pleasure of, of hearing play Thumbi. Very rare. But there must have been, whilst he was doing that, and, and the influence of other people aside, but whilst he was doing that, there must have been some spilled over influence in your household there and, and watching him and thinking, wow, I, I'm in awe of that. My dad was a melody. I was the rhythm to that. Mm. I, I never had an interest in learning how to play the Thumbi or uh, the Vajja. Uh, I even went to Vajja classes. Um, my sister went and I'll even mention the guy's name. Uh, S. Mahindra, if anyone remembers yeah, him or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. He's, he was harsh. I mean, I haven't seen him in years or I hope he's well. But um, that just wasn't for me. But then there was also a double class to the side. And that's all I wanted to do. So I've always done weddings. I just used to do the llama before and now I do the reception. So this, that's, that's all changed. <laughs> to be honest. I was always in the wedding industry. That's the way for it. There you go. So, so in, your, in your household, it sounds as if it was, it was mainly... Punjabi and religious influence was there was there anything else that was brought into that did you your mum listen to one different kind of music was there any spillover from your sister yeah me and my sister were bangra heads even my mum and to be honest my dad was just a, a my dad was part of Khalid Malik's band back in the day in the UK okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. and the original song that was his major hit at one point in the UK not saying it was his biggest or whatever but the one track that was written by a guy in Bradford by the way uh, in Janna group Written mm. by Sathpal, uncle, my dad's friend. And then there was mm. uh, Surinder Uncle Part, same group. Yep. And then obviously there was influence like Jagdar Ramana. He's a massive, like, you pick up an instrument and he'll play it. Absolutely, mm. yeah, yeah, So yeah. these guys are people that I used to, I mean, I remember being a kid, going to Grimsby, going into a house that was just like, it, what we'd say now, like, slumming it. Mm. And it was Manak and his band. Wow. And I was just a kid and I was just sat there. And uh, I know... Today I know I was with Manik, but at the time all I was doing was looking at the Dolgi play and the Dubla play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The voice was, oh yeah, massively important. Like naturally without looking for it, I gained an ear for a singer that can sing. But my passion was beats. That's really interesting that you gained your appreciation for singing through the instruments. Because some yeah. people do it the other way around, don't they? They go singer first because it's the, the showman, it's the guy in front of the stage. Absolutely. Whereas you went down there, okay, percussion's important. And understanding how a voice can match that rather than the other way around. I think my dad was just looking for a double play in the morning, bro. That's what it was. <laughs> Groomed <laughs> for it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, hold on, son, you learn this now. But it, it's true. And a, a really weird thing that I don't, not many people know, I can't recite word for word any English song. Mm. And if I listen to an English song or a Punjabi song, I understand the Punjabi song. My first language is English. But yeah, yeah, yeah. my even instrument wise and the rhythms that I understand straight away instantly like I used to take the piss out of singers that, that are singing on an urban beat but they used to have to go into the studio and say yeah yeah but give me like a doll to sing to bro I'm that guy when it comes to lyrics <laughs> <laughs> so I understand and like Sonny my missus she takes the piss out and she's like what do you mean you don't know an English song and I'm like honestly I can't no. sing an English song like this is how we do it as far as I get and then uh, and Fresh Prince other than that Giza uh, I think everybody knows Fresh Prince I think it's safe to say yeah, everybody yeah. knows Fresh but Prince it's, which it's, is a good it's one it's just that's the way it is and instrument wise even like drum kits I, I struggled with it but, I remember Nav 
you know, this is going back really early days. You're always tapping your fingers. Every time I, I think I every time I saw you, every time I spoke to you, there was a beat or there was some sort of melody or sound going through your head that you were tapping. Do you know what? Even, even right now, I'm here and I'm, I'm actually doing my fingers. Yeah, but yeah. My mum's told me off since I was like the, a kid. Um, it was annoying at school. Pencils, pencil cases, tabletops, someone's bald head, anything. <laughs> get it easy. At the same time, we'd be like, yo, what can I play next? And it was just one of those things. But my, my, my passion was straight up just the percussion side of things. And that's, that's how I even pushed my mixing. Mm. A lot mm. of people used to, everyone's different. I mean, everyone's got their own way. So as you built up through your teen years, you're talking about that, the, you were always about the rhythm. It yeah. was always about the beat. And then early days, you learned double R and we learned double R together. Yeah, yeah. I won't lie, when we started DJing, Chuns was a way better DJ than me. <clears throat> Well, you still are, still are, sorry. I mean, Chuns <laughs> is still a way better DJ. No, legit, R&B wise, bro. This guy smacks me. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You're always a percussionist in your early teen years. Like I said, double R, you were fantastic. But then, did you feel as if that was your gateway into music and then you started pursuing doll as well? And you, you, were, fan, you were a fantastic doll player in your early years before the DJing took over. Your doll playing was fantastic. So was, was the percussion and that rhythm side of things your gateway into music? No, my mama was. Okay. Because he's the guy. I mean, all, a lot of my family from Derby. And uh, every Indian knows somebody in Derby, pretty much. And I've got about 65,000 mummy that live there. <laughs> and that's pretty realistic. So we used to go, but I always want to just go to, his, go to his place. And with him being there, without being there, I just wanted to get his doll. Mm. And then I was like, teach me how to play. And he said, you play double like easy, you know. And I was like, yeah, but double is different. It's Gerva, which mm. is what you call Jarlan. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, what do you mean Gerva? Because he's going the opposite way. And he says, you're lucky. And I went, why? He says, because the hardest instrument are the double the doll, the doll key, is the double Because it's the most, it's, it's the one the most detail. Mm. So mm. The, if you can play the double you can transform to any of those instruments. If you can play the doll, you have to learn backwards. Yeah. And it's very hard to go backwards. Like even Dolkia is probably my weakest instrument. And still I, I grabbed the one now and then. But that was a lucky sort of area. But my mama just seeing him. Mm-hmm. I, want, I was a good entertainer on the doll. I think what I was in the doll play is how I DJ. Okay. I play yeah. for the people. Some of the best doll players, bro, don't move. And a stage doesn't require a statue. Yeah. A stage requires a performance. Right. So I wasn't the best doll player. And straight up, one of the best doll players I've ever heard is called Gary. Mm-hmm. We all know who he is. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And phenomenal. that kid phenomenal. is unbelievable on the drum. Mm. So when you're playing with him, you're like, don't do my bass to you. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, yeah. that's, that was the conversation. Yeah. That was the conversation. Yeah. Like, just take it easy. Don't, don't make me look like really, really, really bad. So if I was weak there, I have to perform. Right. And then it was a competition, but I'd always see the people that know technical think, he's a bad man. Yeah. But smiling and laughing with people that was yeah. my job yeah, so yeah, as a yeah, unit yeah. It, it, worked. it worked yeah yeah absolutely yeah. work with your what you know you could do so basically just pretending that I could play and just miming was literally yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well that, that's the thing you're absolutely right if you're on a stage you want to perform 100% and performers get bookings again and they're the people that actually end up taking the limelight and nothing taken away from Gary he is the the best technical player I've, I've ever heard the kid learned on pots and pans I mean Absolutely. straight up Gary is a bad boy totally yeah. and yeah. no matter what and wherever he is and what he does in his life the one thing that nobody can take away from it is that talent of he's how good he is I think the thing with Gary is it gets to a, it gets to a level sometimes where when you're so good 
you don't need to perform because you're so good. But what I mean, what I mean by that is like his his ability is his performance. It is his showmanship. Do you know what? I'm DJing with him, me and me DJing him playing it all was fun. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things like, you know what? You bounce and then you're waiting for him to drop something and yeah, he yeah, waits yeah. for you to drop a mix. Yeah. I'd play songs that I know he likes, but I'm making sure the crowd dance, mm. but the competition there, you're battling, right. but you're battling to see who's going to win. Yeah, yeah, At yeah. the same time, you're in awe of what he's going to drop next. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He'd react to the song the same way. And the crowd's a winner. So, yeah, <laughs> the crowd is a winner, yeah. Crowd, to, to a DJ, whether it's your family today and his family tomorrow. To us, it's a crowd. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm the worst for it that you, you meet. Over the years, I don't know how many people I've met. And this isn't, hang on, this is a real comment. I'm really bad with names. So I'll always go, oh, how's it going? If someone comes to it, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm supposed to know the name. So like, I'm with Chons, I'm like, Chons, ask him his name, ask him his name. Quickly, just ask him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's not me being rude. It's everyone becomes the same. So your energy is with the person that's performing with you. Mm-hmm. Or if the stage is yours, how you're going to capture your family different to his family to leave mm. an impression that you're not the same, you're not robotic mm. and you don't drop the same mix this day, that day, the day after. That's one thing I've never done. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. I can vouch for that as well. So obviously we, we, we touched on before that you and Gary playing doll, you were vibing off each other. He was the ultimate Dudley, whereas you saw yourself as a performer. What sparked the transition into into DJing and getting behind the decks instead of standing in front of them? Um, honestly, a radio station called Sabrang Radio, 13 years old. When I, no, sorry, 11 years old. Um, RDB started on this radio station. Yep. This is when no one had, I think it was just about MSN Messenger. Oh, yeah. Right? There's no YouTube, by the way, just to let you know. This it, was, it, it was pirate radio like back no, then. No, it was, it was a Vasaki and Diwali, 28 yep. days yep. license. And yep. I was lucky because my dad was part of it. So he'd do the religious programs and I'm a kid, an actual, you like the most annoying person on the planet, most likely to anyone older. Mm. And RDB and all the lads like Lid. Yep. Um, these guys, like even the Charles, Charlie and um, Damlot, Rash. Yeah. I mean, these names that we know. Oh, you just, but even, you even, just sent me back to remember yeah, a lot even, of people that I forgot about. Oh, but these memories are kind of ignited just because we're having this conversation. It's very mm. like, this yeah, is, yeah. it's happening very easily. But these guys, if I missed anyone, Sorry, by the way. But I, I only got to know these guys because there was always a player short and they used to play on a Sunday after Gurdra or before Gurdra. Yep. And that was it. I was like, yo, I, I want to play. I want to play. I want to DJ. Really, I just want to get in the... I want to, I want to be with these lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a kid trying to be a massive fan. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I was proper like fangirling, but being a guy, being the kid. <laughs> so it was one of those. And eventually, there were a player short. And they were like, oh, can you play football? Get in net. These guys were like 16 years old and I was like, yeah, yeah, I can play. <laughs> and they just smashed the ball at me. But I was a good goalkeeper. So Lid went, yo, Lid, I remember got to a point and yeah, these yeah. guys, they used to pick me as one of the first picks. I was the guy that never got picked. Right. And then I became like, yo, he's good in net. Get him first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, and then from there, I was like, oh, you're doing radio tonight? Yeah, but we're playing football. So we're going to get there late. Can you play before we get there? And they're like, yeah, yeah. Can you cover like the first 15, 20 minutes? I was gassed, geezer. Yeah, like, yo, yeah. my man's asking me to cover radio show. And I was a kid. So the RDB were, were not even released a song at this point. I mean, they came to the street. Like I was part of, not part of their clique, but like the cover of that first debut album. Mm. I, I'd seen the, the like template for it. And they bought in a cassette cover. Cassette, geezer. Yeah. You remember those things? As long as those. Right? Just about. And just about. It, was, it was like, yo, and they gave me like 15 minutes of the start of the show. And then they turned up like 40 minutes late. With six pizzas. So let's just go. You did the first 15 minutes of the show. What were you playing then? My mum 
and dad and everyone Giza, I used to go on buy cassettes. Like mm-hmm. I listened to Pangram music anyway. And my yeah, mama yeah, yeah. was always that influence. I mean, music-wise, I was just and there was no such thing as a CD. Then there were, but only RDB had CDs. <laughs> it was like, oh, you got a CD? Yeah, can I borrow? Can I, what are you gonna play on? Don't worry about it. So it's like, yeah, I'll take my cassettes. But I used to sit at home, get the pencil out, wind it up to the point, yeah, yeah. get ready to go, and not gassing it. But this little kid became a part of the show with that. Number one, he always wanted to be. He used to be the kid that cried in the corner trying to get on or just be in the room and they're like, get out. But they couldn't because my dad was part. I was locking up in it. (laughs) But then they'd have to drop me off at home or make me walk home. They only shot me once. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So this is the same kid. They used to prank me all the time. They bullied me straight up. And I didn't enjoy it at all. The one thing, but eventually got part of the show and people used to say, yo, when's the kid coming on? Hmm. And this is when text messages were hot and when mm. phones were bashing. Yeah, yeah, These yeah, are, yeah. Phones used to ring. I don't remember phones ringing. No one rings now radio station like this. No, it's no, a text no. line or it's an tweets email. Tweets or whatever, yeah. Yeah, tweets or Instagram, anything. This was when the only way of getting hold of someone and there's no internet is dial up. Before you get anywhere and yeah, by then yeah. the song's finished. <laughs> so text lines and a phone bashing was like Christmas at this radio station. yeah, yeah. yeah. No lie, there used to be five, six hundred messages per show. Unbelievable. And I kind of became a, a sect of those messages. Mm, okay. Whether it's taking the piss out of me yeah. or bigging me up or when is he on? Without wanting part of it or without them wanting me, I kind of came a part of that thing. Right. Just right. as a cover guy, lock up, going home. They just shot the poster down the video. Still not out yet, the song. I got no idea. And I remember uh, certain blue rover. Pips's car, I think it was. And uh, walking down Whitfield Road from over the road that you were yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And a um, bunch of nettles to my left hand side. Window rolls down and pop, pop, pop. Geezer, these were fake. They were blanks. Yeah, obviously. But yeah, I'm yeah. a kid, Geezer. I remember. <laughs> was that the same good that was in the Putsuk Dana video that yeah. Kuli no, had? The, the all three of them had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's it, yeah. In the club. It was like and Matrix. Yo, as a kid. <laughs> Put it this way. The nettle stung me, but there was a lot of damage and there was, there was other stains that I don't know about. Like, just saying, not really, but that was how it was. And I was, when I got older, I was part of their reserves. Hmm. Not, hmm. I was never, I'd never say I was part of the RDB, how they say, hmm. the A-team. In my eyes, when I came on board, the A-team wasn't good enough no more. Otherwise, why would they need the reserve? Hmm. So that is blowing my own trumpet. But that's only based on what the A-team is but today the A team exists and the A team is RDB mm. but in my eyes RDB's A team is a collective of everyone mm. and to me that's what it was bro you remember being young and saying I want a hoodie yeah getting yeah, one of those yeah. hoodies from the RDB boys he's a trying it on at a show and being able to wear it and trying to steal it <laughs> I was that kid well I think I think what it was was because we and we spoke about this uh, a couple of weeks ago that growing up in Bradford it was very different because we didn't have an abundance of artists. We didn't have a, a wide exposure of people around us. So we, had, we, we only had a handful north. of places. You know nothing, you're behind. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and RDB were this gateway to that. And it was massive. a way for us to think, hang on, we, we really like this thing. We want to be involved. Yeah, and, and they did. As you say, they created a team. Right, whether it was an A team or the reserves, they did. It was, it was never called the A team or the reserves. No, no, but of the point not. Is, there was always an RDB A team, which was Serge's roadshow team. Yeah, by the mm. way, that's how that's how I see it anyway. From 
not knowing what the A-team was. And this is my assumption as the kid in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when yeah. the kid was in the corner, there was no such thing as an A-team and a reserve team. Mm. It only became a thing when the A-team was being replaced. Mm. That's when you class the, oh, no, no, but you're not part of the A-team. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, you accept that. And then, I think I was 16 years old. And Serge rang, Serge never rang me. And he had that, remember that phone that used to flip open? Oh, yeah, the He's Nokia this guy, communicator. This guy's phone was like, honestly. Yeah, the like Nokia it. communicator. Yeah, wow. I was like, wow. And he used to leave it. So at the, at Wave Road, where they play football, there was like a little ledge where it, like the bar top used to open. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he used to leave it on there. And it used to fall every, every single... Don't know how that phone survived, Giza. Telling you, don't know what it was, it was made out of. That's what made it. Right. Made a good but he'd, he'd, get, he'd get calls about bookings. Now this guy's in net or he's playing. Yeah. Straight away, the phone's ringing. Sorry, boys. I gets the phone, jumps back in it, I'm trying to kick it, save it or whatever. But that was part of the journey. At 16, he rang me on an evening, just going, "Yo, you got a passport?" And I went, "Yeah." <laughs> Didn't know if I had one or not. Is it in debt? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> one of those. Just yeah. say yes to everything. Yeah. What are you doing tomorrow? Yeah, I'm free. I've got school. Yeah, I'm free. <laughs> one of those. And yeah. what about the day after? Yeah. Can you go to Norway? What? 16 years old, Gizzi. Uh, what, what, what do you want me to do? Uh, let me ask my mum. Straight away, I said, and I says, okay, let me ask my mum. Ran into my mum's room. Yo, mum, listen, can, can I go to Norway? What? <laughs> you Hold on, you what? Have I got a passport? <laughs> Is it in date? <laughs> it's literally the same questions on repeat. Yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously everything was a yes. And mum says, I just need to speak to whoever's taking me. And mum spoke to Serge and Serge, don't worry, I'll look after him, blah, 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 ETC. So got it. And um, my mum gave me 80 pounds. Mm. She said, yeah, they just spending with Serge. said, you need no money. So I went, yeah, yeah, obviously, but I need something. So I went to Norway. Bring it all. That's all I got told. Mm. Meet me here. Better the house, and then I realized there's about, there's about 10 lads going. I was like, yeah. I'm like, gas, like, yo, I'm going on tour, I'm 60 years old, yeah. I'm gonna get a hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> one of those. And um, got there, Norway, and Nithu's playing to all that, and I'm the second totally. Um, and they're doing sound check, so obviously they plug in Nithu in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, get mine, and I don't know, you don't need to get it. It's all right, just, just play. <laughs> it's like, they didn't really care. Yeah. Oh, he's got a tall, he looks like a tall player, done. <laughs> one of those yeah, ones. Yeah. And sound check. Doors open for the club and I've got this money, changed it into, I can't even, don't even know what the currency was out there, but I remember this bit, that 80 quid out and I gassed it, kid, 16 years old, yo lads, I'll get the first round. Yeah, yeah. 80 quid in Norway, gets you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's just say out of three, four, five drinks, whatever it was, whoever was close by, I knew I didn't have loads of money. So I'm like, hey, do you want one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, got there and it came to, it's, let's just say pounds. The, that round of whatever drinks it was came to over 100 quid. So I went, yo, Nithu, can you let me submit it? I remember because I remember asking him and they all laughed or whatever, but you just want to be part of the crew. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't that I was buying my way in. It's just, no, you, no. you're like obliged. And yeah, yeah. Then you give something back as a Just after that first round before, I didn't have a drink, by the way. 16, they went, yeah, 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 safe. So they still bullied the kid. Yeah. So you're always yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah, and then absolutely. show started. About six people, seven, 10, 12, 15, 20. Massive queue outside. Fight outside. Norway? Not happening. First, this you pie. Closed down, finished. Shut down. Bro, I think there was just like a background CD being played. Nobody even jumped up the wow. decks. So, wow. back to the hotel. Right, lads. Everyone go back to the rooms. Let's everyone get ready. We're going out. Yeah. Wicked. We'll all meet in so-and-so's room. Just bring your stuff. They'll all leave our stuff in there. Sweet. 
like thinking that, yeah, I'm going out, I'm going out, it's gonna be a laugh. Everyone walking out the door. Where are you going? You're 16, bro. You're looking after different stuff. That's exactly what happened. So mm. my night out in Norway, the first gig I did, I didn't really happen. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I was on tour, wow. so you can't take yeah, that away yeah. from me. I went out, came home, yeah. came back to the, and they went, can you even play doll? So they started on the mouth and they made me play doll to see if I could play or not. They didn't care. They'd, I've gone on tour, I've done everything. The shows even happened, I'd cancelled. And at the end of the night, just to once again, can you even play? Yeah. Okay, we have to play doll now. <laughs> Nervous or what gives this everyone sat in the room? But that was the end of the first one. Sorry, it's a long story, bro. No, no, it's absolutely fine. It's a good story because obviously it, 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 gives, it gives you an insight into what you were doing and what it took to, to get on that side of, of the, not necessarily the decks, but get on that side of music. So rather than just being uh, a student of the double art and doll, you kind of thought, oh, hang on a sec. Uh, that's my first glimpse of what it's like to be on tour. That's what it's like to work with people. But that then led on to the launch of Urban Thissy. Right. And, and you wanted to take to the roadshow side of things, but what did you feel was going to give you an edge? Because I, I remember you were the first guy I knew that had CDJs. And that was like back in what, 2003, 2004. And you know what, bro? Those CDJs only got replaced. When did the SZ come out? Let's just say three, four years. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, max five. Yeah. Mm. So that's, that's that easily. same pair of CDJs. Yeah. I never serviced. I never, I never broke a, an, any of the, the channels. I, was yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I never broke any channels and the mixer was pretty much still in beautiful condition, but I was doing a gig and Serato had just come out and my left CD player stopped working at a gig wedding. That meant to hurt. do, but I just, Serato just come and Serato that I was dead against, which thanks to Serge is the guy that told me to get on it. He was the first guy in the whole industry to get on Serato, by the way. Yeah. He was the first guy that had a, a rain mixer. And everyone's like, yo, what are you doing, Giza? They were just a, they were just a visionary. They saw what's coming before it yeah, came. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that is did. what made you want to be doing the same. I never wanted to move to a laptop because mm. I was like, bro, it's cheating. Yeah, yeah. Cheating, yeah. bro. Are you well, it, it was seen as that. <laughs> everybody was like, oh, you, you can auto mix and stuff like that. And no, but every, you, couldn't, you couldn't. I know you couldn't, but people assume that because as soon as you've got a laptop in front of you. Internal. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know anything about it. And all I knew was you can still DJ like a normal, like a real DJ yeah, yeah. on absolute mode. So I went, I'm a real DJ. I've got my library on here. Still used to take my CD case just in case it didn't yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember taking the CD case anywhere for years now. If it don't work, he's a really messed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I used internal mode. If I didn't have that, I'd never be able to do that wedding. Then I still did every wedding with one deck. Didn't get another deck. I want to see if I can do a wedding now with just one deck. Yeah. So learn how to Double. How yeah, you get instant yeah, doubles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So using my right deck only and chuck the track over. Yeah, yeah. Left and deck. then jump on it's the thing. Turned on. It don't work. Did the whole gig. And then uh, as you do, you play that guy that is the devil that always takes himself to the absolute limit. Yeah, yeah. Happened to my right deck eventually. Yeah. At a gig, towards absolute back end, but even if it happened at the front, it didn't fear me. Mm. The challenge would be, can you do it? Yeah. And that's why I, I test myself to a point. Every gig has to be something different. Every gig used to be, let's get a, a deck of cards out. Whoever loses the first one, just for a challenge. Or mm. every, the easiest thing is doing what you do. But how hard is it sometimes to get food at a gig chance? Mm. <laughs> right? So, okay. Whoever loses the first round, 
has to go and get starters. <laughs> and you know, sometimes it's easy, like, yeah, bro, come over here. Yeah. You have to have 65 people yeah, and yeah, then yeah. eventually you go to the groom and say, bro, I ain't eating yet. And he's like, oh, you haven't eaten. Don't worry about it. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then it came, you know, I can do this. When that deck went, I thought, okay, I've got to move. Mm. Uh, kid called Manchugu had an yep. SX and I just said, it's, it's just a baby. Manchugu, very talented DJ, by the way. Absolutely. I would never take that away from him. Sick DJ. And, there's, there's a lot of kids that were already on that vibe and I didn't know nothing about it. Mm-hmm. So me being me, we're scared. Mm-hmm. My honest answer to it is, people have got Mark IIs, Mark threes, 2000s. I'm still rocking weddings with the basic format. Yeah. Because I, this is, I don't DJ here. I DJ yeah. there. Yeah. And to me, Gully taught me that. He's always said, don't matter. I could do a wedding from 85 BPM to Finishing at 130. So start on, let's just say, even slower, let's go yard wall down. The original old school, like, yep. Dolce Gita and CT's been around since then anyway, so I might as well put that yep. in there. Yep. And finish on the real goodies. Mm. And I didn't want to talk on a mic. And Cully never talked to the mic. Cully like, ah, I hate talking to mic. So it was Paul Marwal has wedding. Paul, Asian Baldwin, yeah, Touchables, yep. the job yep. lot. Yep. Club in Morocco, America. Either way, the guy has done everything. But either way, his wedding, and he's seen every DJ in the industry. He booked me. This guy's got every connect on the planet. People are doing his wedding for free. Yeah. He said, no, no, I want you. And I was like, yo, Gizzy, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> but Cully's going to drop us out. And I thought, you want to Cully? Cully didn't do the whole lot. I have to do a little bit. That's all it yeah, was. Yeah. And I smashed what I was doing. But Cully said, look, I'm not going to mix a song, but I'm going to make everyone dance. And I said, I'm making everyone dance. Yeah, but watch how I make them dance. And he just dropped, drop, impact, impact. Tempo didn't need to match. Mm. The song made people go, whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, sick. And you know what? It's like Tim Westwood. Yeah. Tim Westwood is the same. That's a DJ. Yeah. The guy yeah. that makes people shift and go, I'm just, I'm just normal. If I'm just doing that, I'm standard. I'm mm. boring. Mm. I'm the same as every DJ. Mm. I'm not knocking DJs. People can do that. It's a skill. Because mm. that's what I thought was DJing. Yeah. And then Serato came and took over and people that can't mix, can't oh, mix, probably mix. still can't mix today. Used to hire me rigs. I'm not going to mention no names mm. because they know who they are. But at the same time, not knocking them. Bro, they're hiring me a rig. These guys can't mix. Mm. Next thing I know, you know, there's two tracks in beer. I'm, I used to be like, yo, let's see what's going to happen today. Me and like Gary or whoever it was, be like, ah, did they kick you on that? Yeah. It's in beat. Yo, it's in beat. It was like, that's the story. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's happening? And they're like, yo, we got this thing. It's called Serato. I was like, what's Serato? This was just after Surge, I had it, but I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had to move to it. So, now, it's, it's just a different game. But entertainment isn't DJing no more. It's the guy on the mic. That's me now. I'm the hype man first, then the DJ. You know what? So, so that definitely gives you an edge, is the fact that you are that one-man roadshow when it comes to DJing and hyping. And there is no doubt about it that you can rock a crowd and you can get them going just with your voice alone. Right. And, that, and that's taken years of skill. And you also talked a lot about Cully and Cully was a fantastic DJ, yep. a fantastic DJ. And the you're best. right. The best. You're, yeah. And you're skill. absolutely right. He, he might not have been the best beat matcher because the first thing you are generally asked a DJ, can you beat match? No, he, he was. But no, he but said everyone can beat match. Yeah, that's the thing. That, that's just one, yeah. one side of his skill. Yeah. But the other side was track selection. And for me, biggest thing. Yeah. For 100%. me, knowing 100%. you, your track selection was on point. Was and on point. You knew your crowd. And I still don't know an English song. <laughs> huh? 
How many parties have you seen where I have to do it? Like, yeah, every, of course. Everybody, I, still, I don't know a word of it. I don't missed that one yet. <laughs> but, so, so let's just explore that in a little bit more detail. Who, who are the main people? And I know we've talked about Cully. Yeah. And, and he was almost like a mentor to you when it came to, to that side of things. Who do you when, want to be now? DJ Tom, Dick or Harry? Because they're all the same. And you pick which one you are because that's what you are today. Mm. So tell me what is different about you. What's your gimmick? Cully's biggest thing and anyone out there wants to achieve something, don't come to the table with, your skill is super important, but tell me the gimmick that makes you different. And this isn't a guy that's getting old saying I'm finished or, or oh, thank you very much, here's my Legends match or whatever. Mm. I'm saying you want to be different. Be different. Don't be scared to be different. Jack's Climax, man, smacked it. His track's a banger. His track gave him a profile that he deserves as the skill set he brings to the table. Right. He's a mentor. Absolutely. I, used to, I played Dolphin at weddings. Yeah. Now, he had a little uh, a denim pad thing before mm-hmm. SZs came out yeah, of yeah, yeah. controllers. That's right. That was a controller for a controller. Loops, rolls. Yep. And he showed yep. me how to use it. From pads, He yep. said, buy one. It'll make you a DJ. It'll make you a better DJ. That's when I went from these standards, Cully's top to switch, to now a bit of this loop stuff before any of this SZ stuff. Mm-hmm. So when the deck weren't working, this thing really helped. Yeah. yeah. So he could still do it. So yeah, he's a massive mentor. Uh, Performance-wise, I, I can't really pick someone that I'd say that I, I look at and I, I, I want to be like that person. But let, let's talk about from the perspective, not necessarily mentor, because we, yes, we, we know that Cully was a mentor to you, but who did you take influence from? Because there's a lot of sides to your game. And yes, your track selection side of things was influenced from Cully. And seeing him play and thinking, right, okay, that's going to set me aside no. as well. <laughs> track selection, Cully played what he wanted to play. No, but I mean, the selector as in like back-to-back didn't have to mix in. A hundred percent. Just the, the impact yeah. of switching yeah. things and changing what is normal. Mm. That was Cully. Yeah. The, the mixing. Um, Chums, even like just Ravi Buzzra, yeah. like kid that no one, you know, this guy is so, he touches anything, it'll turn to gold. I wish he was here right now and he could mm. touch me and hopefully it helps or something. <laughs> but the guy is, was unbelievable from London. His backstory, dance from Generation game, great Indian dancers to part of the ominous crew yeah, yeah. now no one knows that or whatever and then like he took me to his he took me to Lady Margaret Road South or whatever yeah, yeah, way, yeah. his story is uh, but the guy he, we heard him on the mic I thought I was gonna there's a point where it's my time now Yeah. and then this guy from London moves to Bradford right. yo man geezer we tell him to go away we get away he <laughs> good and then this guy from London turns with the accent and now we're back to square one <laughs> yeah. but he got the same story from his brother so we're both in the same radio station and I'm doing a day no, he does a day and my mum rings me. Now, you better rejig your thought process because there's someone else on the block. My yeah, mum right. said straight, this kid's sick. Yeah. And I'm there going, yo, what about me? <laughs> Absolutely. When I went on, his brother said the exact same thing to right. him. Right. And he was diplomats of sound when he yeah, came. Yeah, he was diplomats of sound, yeah. And, uh, but Rav is, is one of those people, like he's a tech geek and he knows everything. He'll read a manual for like a bedtime story. Yeah. Like that's his, oh yeah, what are you doing today? Rav? Oh, I just read how to rewire the whole of my house just for jokes. <laughs> that was just while I was on the toilet. So this is one of those things. So he's a massive influence business-wise, Tony Untouchables, that mm. guy. He made me shrewd. Yeah. He made me fight for what I deserve. And if I don't deserve it, I shouldn't ever even think about it because that means it's not mine. Yeah, or yeah, I'm yeah. not good enough for it. Yeah. And I never understood that. And I worked for him for five pounds an hour when I started as a flyer boy. Yeah. This guy's making money, but he still drives around the flyer boy that puts the posters up. Yeah. Sits in the car 
And who we does both that? did it, Nav. We it, both did it. What, well, what are yeah, you took over? Yeah, yeah Nav <laughs> retired from his five pound hour. No, and I no, took no, it. no, 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 no. After the third gig of doing five pound hour, we had a lineup of four back to backs, two, um, two baseline house nights, yeah, and yeah, two yeah. pungada nights. Yeah, yeah. However you want to look at it. And I said, Tony, I'm not coming to work tomorrow. God's honest truth. And he said, What do you mean? And I knew the guy that worked before me, him and Tony had fallen out. Yeah, yeah. And there was no one in place. To go and yeah. like, I don't know, either way, I'd, I'd kind of like made my seat yeah. and made sure it's mine. Yeah. Made myself good enough to say, I want a wage rise. But I didn't ask for a wage rise. I said, I want a share. And he went, you what? And he's never given, he'd never given a share to a, a guy that puts posters up. And uh, he says, what do you mean? I went, I want a share. I says, I don't want paying five pounds now. And he went, geezer, sit down. You don't know what you're on about. Yeah. He does that soon when he knows this guy's not getting what he's asking for. yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, we argued or whatever. And I just said, and he said, what about if I make a loss? I said, well, I've already put my investment in for the first three gigs where you paid me five pound an hour. And he went, no. And I went, if you look at it, yeah. But if not, you don't have to pay me. I don't want my five pound an hour, but if you win, I'll win with you. Mm. If I'm sat in the same car as you and I'm the guy putting the poster, blue tacking these posters, yeah? Still doing weddings on the weekend. Yep. Still going on yeah, tour. Yeah, yeah. Doing everything, but then I'm the little poster. But I remember flying outside the club one night. One of our boys, mm. hardcore, and he was, he was a bit drunk, and he said to me, "You're only a something flyer boy." Yeah. And I says, "Bro, when we get older, talk to you about it." And I live with that. But at the same time, he wasn't being asked the other reality of it. So I didn't me mind being a flyer boy because mm. I knew what I was making. If I was just a five pound hour kid, I was hungry. Tony made me hungry. Mm. That hunger, he got soft, made me stern. Kind of not filled his boots because his boots will never be filled. He made the real money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, he, he lined me up to do what he does and uh, settled family and had his kids or whatever. And he was not pushing me towards it, but university times, geezer, they want a place that we couldn't go to without getting free. No, 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 no. That was because no, uh, what he did hmm? and what he asked for in return was for my benefit. So he, he, was a, he still is and uh, wish him all the best. Thank you for everything, Tom. Absolutely. And like I said, I, I did some of the same work that you did in between jobs and that kind of stuff. So, and that was around 2009, 2010. But that's, that's when I came and started working with Tony and we were doing gigs together and that kind of thing. And similar position to you that he started giving me stakes in, uh, in some of the events and stuff. And, and it also gave us a, it gave us a platform now, let's be honest. It gave us a platform and it gave us connections as well um, in the industry and it gives exposure. Right. And the things you learn. Absolutely. Mm. You learn so much about it. But, and to be honest, you do say that he's shrewd in business he's the and that kind of stuff. He's the ruthless person in the world. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's a great way of putting it. But then in, in 2009, 2010, when, when I was doing it, that's when you really took it up a notch and started investing a lot more in your craft yeah. and started to further establish yourself over the years. What was your thought process then? What was the aim after that? Because you started performing all over the world. You started going on tour and that kind of stuff. And then... Sabrang took uh, a notch up as well and you started no, taking I, that. I stopped Sabrang. At that point, I stopped doing Sabrang. Not because I didn't want to anymore, but in, in a realistic fact, there was better. DAB had kicked in and radio stations were not on just for 28 days. In the auction, we only had Sunrise Radio that catered for us for maybe a week during Visaki yeah. or a week in Diwali and then you're yeah. sharing it. So, two weeks. So, okay, now as a Sikh Indian community, we're getting Punjabi music for two months in a year. Mm. So wicked. But then, DAB, Punjab Radios, Club Asia, yep. BBC Asia Network. Yeah. Yo, the world changed. Yeah. 
where we were so disattached to everything, we're so current to the whole climate. Mm -hmm. And this kid from Bradford was never in Bradford. I traveled the world pretty much and arguably I'd say, uh, yeah, arguably I'm probably the most traveled Bhangra UK DJ. Yeah, here. I, I think that's fair. And, do, and that, I don't have the, the story to, today on social media, to post that, yo, you're king. Yeah, yeah. But even when I was doing it, it was never to show I'm king. It was mm. like, yo. And I, I, there's a, a lad called AJ Pullen sat here, by the way. He's the one that said, you know what, bro? I think arguably, which content haven't you done? Hmm? And which one was it? South America's the only content that I've not DJed on. That's and there's probably bro. a lot of DJs out there that haven't done South America. There's probably a lot of DJs that haven't done other cities. Never mind other continents. I've, I've other been countries. in Thailand three times and I've never been there longer than 36 hours. I've been to Singapore for two days. I've been to Australia for six days, done four shows. New Zealand, Canada. I did Pakistan with Jazzy B. I took those CDJs to Pakistan on a PIA mm. flight and sat in business class, which was like a sofa. Right? <laughs> but I did. And that show was on. He just done Dilutia. And we thought he smacked it here. It was the first PA performance Jazzy B's ever done. I was his DJ. And then for one song at the end, he said, You're playing Dole with me as well. So nobody has played Dole and DJ he with Jazzy B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody can take that from you. That is the first. So, and Giza, it was like, it was mad. Like, Gaddafi Stadium, Lahore, thousands of people. And when he finished his last song, hell broke loose. My decks are there. I can't run away. Everyone's gone. Yeah. There's cops with Latia. And there's people running towards me. I'm thinking I'm going to die. I'm just young. And Tony took me. Tony's leg to everyone's. I'm yeah, there yeah, on my yeah, own. Yeah. Bro, they came to hug me. I'm scared. And they gave me cushions to put on my decks and they're hugging me. I'm wow. nobody. In my, in, in, yeah, yeah. in I'm with B21. Uh, Marky was there. Sahara, not Sahara on that one. They were another one. Ragavid had gone out at a different time as well. But Jazzy B, you had just done little, and they were all dressed like him. And I was like, yo, mm. you're Tiesto, dad. Yeah. You're Tiesto. Yeah. Yo, who do you want to be? Yeah. Yeah. Who's this? Yeah. You know why? That's what you feel. But I never, I was also stopped from being me mm. because I was too much of a commodity for the people. Mm-hmm. But I was content yeah. being the commodity. And did I want it hard enough? Only when I was angry. Only mm. when I felt I was hard enough. Not by these people. Like AsianBall.com. Tony said, no matter what now, every Asian ball, you have to finish. And I was like, Tony, man, I want to chill. He says, no, no one can leave people wanting more mm. like you can. And I hated it. I never took what he's saying. But I always used to say, Tony, I want to release a song. And he had people that just turned it with cash to just, bro, let me release an album. Yeah, yeah. And I sat there with Kuli. I'm not saying I made the songs, but I tell you what, I know a lot about these songs that certain artists have released that, you know, I might have had a part in playing just by saying, no, it sounds better this way. When I went to, when I made my songs, did, did I just want to buy? Yeah, I did. But Kuli wouldn't let me do that. Whilst Kuli was alive, Kuli says, you're going to India, you're going to go to a studio, you're going to live at Maniki's house, and you're going to go to the studio every day and you're going to record singers. I don't know about recording. That's where you are. You're going to go and record your pieces. You're going to get every instrument player coming. He says, you'll learn. And I was like, yo, I don't know nothing. Mm. But I can say, yeah, I did do that. Mm. Did I also stop people locally from releasing songs by buying the album? Yes. Why? Because that's business. Mm. And that's also what I learned in this game. But when I should have been able to, back in the day when Tuchels were booming, 
They never wanted me to release a song. Mm. And I could never understand why they're holding me back. Mm. Don't know if you can do it. The anger made me do it on my own eventually. Mm. But I did it to prove a lot of people what I can do. And I was, I was like, you don't want to see me. You'll see me on your screen. You don't want to hear me. You're going to hear my songs. That guy wasn't a nasty person. That guy just had drive. And the sad reality is, I fell in love. <laughs> and I became the happiest person on the planet. And Delilah took that from me. So yeah, yeah. this drive to achieve was not the goal. Money's never been the goal, ever. Mm. I'll happily go. I went to Australia for free. But I went to Casino on £3,000. So Cully didn't say, oh, listen, bro, keep it. Cully said, you come to Australia for free, yeah, because I'm not getting much money out of it, but he charged the client. This was Cully, though. Yeah. And me and Cully knew that about each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can be and honest. He was just, he was my mate. Me and him literally back-to-back flights everywhere. And he was a lot older than me. I wasn't his best mate. But I was the guy that he knew that he could rely on yeah. and have a laugh with. Yeah. And you know what? The guy taught me a lot. But Australia winning that money, he, he went, yo, yo, we're checking out the hotel. The hotel that the guy promoter's paying for you. We're going to book into a sick hotel. You're paying for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Can you drive now? No. Okay, let's hire a TT. TTs have just come out of the second yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, safe, safe. I'll give you your first driving lesson. He took me to a car park and says, go on then. And I went, I don't know what to do. He says, you put the clutch down first gear and go for a spin. Geez, I must have curbed that TT at least 65 times. But these stories, Singapore, I've eaten this banana leaf restaurant. That's what he said to me. He said, I've been here loads of times. We jumped over at least 60, like, loads of walls. Mm. And, oh, is it this way? Is it that way? The mandar was here. And just to go and eat at a place on a banana leaf with normal chicken, rice, but the, the getting there and the, the way adventure. we did it, he's a, I'm telling you, his pen trip jumping over the wall. But that was cully for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Great, great memories, man. Sick, man. Memories is what we take away from here. Yeah, Absolutely. that's right. And then, so, you, you talked about that you... Cully drove you to go to India and record your um, your pieces and then almost interview singers and get them in the studio and, and get them to record, which led in RDV 2000... RDV TV, I, I was the guy behind the camera for loads of them. Tesco, Brad from Lucky Singies. You never know, we shot yeah, at Tesco yeah. when they launched their worldwide section. Yeah, I remember. Lucky Singies sang in Tesco's yeah. on Canal Road, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. But them guys were visionaries, man. Yeah, RDV absolutely. TV before YouTube, what? Yeah. Cully. Yeah. It was, and we and we spoke about it the the other Man, week, yeah. and it, it definitely um, they definitely were, and and credit to them for that big time. So then moving into around 2012, when you then moved away as Nav Urban Desi, and you created UDN and released Glassy and Bar Lagade. Glassy is my favorite track to date. Just didn't get the market behind it. That song deserves it's a fa- that. That is a fantastic tune, Nav. I have to say the video, everything. That song deserved that song is what got me out of Bradford. Not yeah. before that. That song made for students like mm. in Birmingham and Nottingham especially. Those two cities, it, even still, it, I got Nottingham to ask about Glassy. They don't care about anything else. Mm. They just, because I, I gave my mama who lives in Nottingham a version of it right. years before. Yeah. And I don't know what he did, probably just leaked it everywhere, gave it to his mate, to his dad, 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 everything. And that song just, even still today, kids don't even, know the song but they know the song yeah it just didn't yeah. get the backing that it deserved because yeah. that was the deal that the record label did on the first release they paid for the video I paid for the marketing marketed properly paid for fully video was pants second release I paid for the video Glassy's video at the time was sick yeah concept sick storyboarding sick shot by a proper guy paid for 
marking. Not a penny got put into it. So, friends were just looking after themselves. Mm. But I was naive. Yeah. yeah. Then, UDN kicked off and those were the first two releases by UDN. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the third release is where UDN kind of split up but didn't split up. Them boys took me out of a hole. Guy and Roman. Yeah. And the hole was so was deep. Yeah, that was scared to get out. Mm-hmm. And still we, we spoke about Gary before. Yeah, yeah. fantastic music, mu- musician, and Roman obviously being uh, your family yeah, as well. Yeah. That Baddest you DJ on the yeah, yeah. Baddest DJ. Roman is a wasted talent. I'm telling you straight, the kid yeah. that could do everything that he had a good ear for music. I remember that. His his genres. Forget yeah, about it. Exactly. The things that he could do. Yeah. 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 The mixtape. If you go on SoundCloud and listen to the UDN Volume Mixtape One and Two, look how old they are. This guy. I'm not gonna lie. I sat with him. Mm. It was me saying, "Yeah, this, that, and the other." But he was the guy he was doing the tech. It, right? Yeah, his what he. If you listen to it, bro, it's still current today. And I'm not gonna say it's better than other people's. But if you look how old it is, mm. this guy, Roman, straight up, bro, bad boy DJ. But his mom was like, "Get a proper job." And his dad was scared that he's hanging around with me. So, <laughs> it, but same time, he's not wasted talent. He's just a mortgage advisor or something now. Probably just tapped his hands on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sick. Fair enough. I mean, the way, the way it is, obviously, people's lives going in different directions. I know Gary right. as well. He he's still a musician and still fantastic, but he's taken it in another direction. 100%. Yourself was still with the DJ and Roman. Yeah, he's got a nine to five, and maybe the DJ life wasn't for him, but he will always have them skills, and he will always have that music oh, in that time, and uh, that'll be he'll his never name will that. be against that. He'll, he was the kid that used to sit and make mixes like yeah. before. Yeah. Before I knew how to make mixes on a on like yep. a computer, yeah, and Rajan Jandu was one of them as well. Remember the mixes he used to make? <laughs> yeah, but he just wanted to follow in DJ Dipper's footsteps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> DJ Dipper, man. Yeah, what, he was... what a guy. Yeah, I mean that that guy like doesn't get enough props for for what he's done. I mean, he was a pioneer back in. I, I think so. I think that's such a such a good point now because. I think you know when you look back at the history of of this music and DJs, yeah. he kind of gets glossed over a little no, he bit. Glossed over, he gets he gets filtered out. For mm. the main reason was we're from the north. Yeah, and yeah. that ain't the sec- that's not actually no, that's not the main reason. Be the north is the excuse number mm. two. Local people are supposed to support people. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what our local people do? The reason DJ Nav released music because I couldn't afford to buy a rig. So somebody. In this industry, a lot of people, by the way, I'm the most probably loved, hated person anyway. Locally hated, loved everywhere else. But that's just my belief and that's the way I, I prefer to think because it's my safe place. Mm. But at the same time, a guy said to me, you don't want to buy a rig. Everyone's got a rig. Mm. And I went, yeah, yeah, safe. You, you know, it's a good idea. Why do you do what you're doing? You've, you've got your vocals. Start making your songs. I make a video. Pay for the video. I couldn't buy a rig for the amount of video it would cost, but I could pay for a video. Mm. Song, I don't need, I've got everything. I just need to pay, like make it and... Cully's going to help me. I won't lie. Cully did help me. Mm-hmm. But Cully was not the guy that says, I'm going to make it and give you it. Yeah. He made me sit there and say, does it sound right? Mm-hmm. What you do wanted you to make it yours yeah. still. What do you change? Yeah. How do you want the bass line? I don't know how the bass line sounds, bruv. Play yeah. something. That's who I was, sitting on the sofa, playing on my phone. He went, tell me how you want it to sound. Record it on the mic. <laughs> eh? <laughs> yeah. Do what? And he, he did. And he said, now find that key. What does it sound like? Where's the next key? Yeah, you know what? A producer, by the way, is the guy that sits on the sofa and tells you what to do. Sorry, I'm tapping the table. An engineer is the guy that sits at the desk. Mm -hmm. This industry makes somebody that sits behind a ghost. Mm. A ghost is not that. A ghost is someone that goes, here's your money. Give Mm. me my song. There's too many of them. I'm not one of them. But I'm not the guy that sits in the chair either. So I'm not going to take everything when I'm not that guy. But the point is, I did the video. And everyone local went, 
that I used to hire rigs from, from Nav's put his prices up. Nav was always more expensive than him. Not because I'm, I'm better. I had to hire equipment. Mm. I don't want to say, oh, because I was a better DJ, I was worth more money. No. Del Sonic told me to charge more money because they put their price up. Yeah. They went, there's a gap. Get into this market now because mm. otherwise you're always going to be in this rat race. I said, how do I do weddings? And they went, put your price up. And I went, no, I'm going to lose all my gigs. Yeah. Do it. And I did it. Stopped getting the prees. Oh, you're too expensive. Why are you expensive? Because I do weddings. But I was, but I was doing with Del Sonic. Right. People started ringing me saying, oh, I seen you at the wedding because you did the pre-party, but you're doing the wedding as well. Mm. And I never said, yeah, you come to me direct. I still said, no, you saw me at Del Sonic's gig. Mm. Give them a call. And did I eventually nick a gig or whatever? No situations put you in a position. And I'll openly admit that business is business, but at the same time, I didn't go, give, feed me and let me steal everything. Mm. No. Mm. Hurt me and let me take what's mine. Is fair. Not saying Del Sonic did that. Del Sonic, taught me a lot. Hudos taught me even more. Hudos is a relationship. They're smashing it. They're the biggest worldwide brand. Hmm. I'm super happy that I was there. Yeah. People said, you're getting replaced. This is, well, this is whilst I'm still there. Yeah. The, in the, in, in, within Kudos, have someone and you should join a team. I was already going. My heart was gone a long time before then because I saw my soul. Yeah. When I left UDN, was only because I was getting my wedding at a cheap price and it was going to cost an arm and a leg. I'm not no baller. I'm not a millionaire that's got money popping out. Mm. I'm a hustler. So I did the hustle and I went with my catalogue, with my dates and with Kudos, we, we had two times of joining. The first time, it, it didn't happen. But second time, it was just calling them about doing my wedding and they went, listen, just come join and big up H, Jas, Harj and big up all of them. I mean, the journey to be part of that collective is an honour in itself, by the mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that, oh, hold on, that's, that's like Manchester United and then you join like, oh, you're back in Bradford City. You know what? No. To be part of that, I've done a lot of different things compared to just that. I mean, Pirate Gabru, the concept song, not, didn't make the song, didn't make the song, didn't even do an ounce of it. But there was about 16, 17 beats played before that no one liked. And I went, yo, why did you use this instrumental as a guide if you listen to that instrumental? The song's based around that. I don't care who made it afterwards. Mm. In my head, and my reality, might be different to somebody else's reality. My head, bro, that, I, I, I had part of that track. I, I had a part of that track. No, and, and man gave you complete credit yeah, a but couple of weeks okay, ago. That. Okay, I, no, no, with respect, but at the same time, when I spoke, when Manja V, because obviously it turned into who's it, Manja V's or whatever, I was there. That bedroom, that Iznupi's bedroom was, was my bedroom at the time. I, right. I lived in Bombay for four months a year. I used to do more gigs in India than I used to do in a whole summer in the UK. DJs are, are being gassed over the six months that a wedding season used to be. He's a, I'm content because India and RDB and Manj and what I did out there was bigger than my UK. Mm. And, I, and I'm living in hotels and getting fed and doing whatever. I used to come home and I'd like throw my cup in the floor thinking that someone's going to come clean about me. I'm just like, oh, you're back home, yeah? <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's my job to do it. But like, even in India, I, I was sat on a flight next to Diljeet Dasanj. So Diljeet's with his crew. Manji's with his crew. Manji's crew was just me and him at that point. We flew from Chandigarh to Bombay. And uh, Manji and Diljeet, they, they weren't best of friends at the time, let's just say. By the end of that flight, bro, they were super talking fully again. And they never had an argument. They're both like fashion. Yeah. And the, either way, there's, there's loads of stuff that I, I don't know if I can say, but there was 
they was doing a project together and they both had different directions with it. And whatever happened to the project didn't happen the way and, and then things, I, this brand, I wear it, but I've worn it this way and that flight kind of ironed things out. But yeah, d- d- have us sat on the flight in, next to Dujit Sanj. Yeah, that's the closest that I got to him, but I'm not saying he's my mate, but I've been lucky and blessed with, uh, I mean, Kensington Palace, I performed there for the Mittal family uh, with Akshay Kumar, uh, Mika Singh, for the guy that owns Drake's Plane. So his family, the Vermani yeah. family in Canada. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was on stage performing at their party in Canada, Toronto, downtown. So has Nav done a lot? Yeah. Should Nav have done more? Agreed enough would say, yeah. Should I be content? Never, you'll never win again. Mm. Do I want more? Things are coming. And the best thing is silence. Mm. This is the most I've spoken in a long time. And no, no, I, thank you. Mm, no, it's, talking it's fascinating, fascinating to hear how much you have done. And not just that, not just how much you've done, as in how much you've achieved, how many things you've done. It's, it's the, the work that you've put in to get there. Because what's undeniable about all this is you mentioned where you've been around the world. You mentioned the superstars that you performed alongside. None of that has come without hard graft. And I think that's the, that's the best thing about the story is it's not a, a lucky moment. It's not fortunate. It's years and years from being 16-year-old having to go in goals. It's that that built the way for you to be where you are today. And let's be honest, Nav, you've learned some harsh lessons along the way and you've, you've elevated yourself and you, you've got through really tough spots and that kind of thing. There's one thing that hadn't changed on the heart's always the same. No, absolutely. And absolutely. you lose friends, by the way. But none of those friends are people that I wouldn't do anything for today. Mm. That's a fact. But that is Nav. That, that's it. And also, like, you, like you've said multiple times, that's business sometimes. In, I've in never some hurt cases. someone in business to hurt them. I've never. In no, fact, no, I'm, no. If there's anything that I've ever done in business is because a situation has created something and fair play, that's me being Tony, the guy that Tony created or whatever. Mm. I'm not blaming Tony for it because that is me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the same thing is, as friends, sometimes distancing can help somebody grow. Hmm? Not because you make the gap so they go or the gap's created so they do better. I tell anyone that joins my roadshow, the team, the old team DJ Nav, if you're here with me in the future, that's not what I want for you. You're setting up for me today. I don't want to settle myself. I don't want you to stay. But whilst you're here, I need everything. But don't be here tomorrow, hypothetically. I don't know anyone else that say that as your team member. I need these guys. Without them, I can't do nothing. Mm. Don't want them to stay. They deserve better. So, we, we talked about, obviously you touring with Manj and you, you spent a lot, of, a lot of time with him and then obviously after the Glassy and Barn Lagarde days and you, you left UDN as the three of you and you pursued DJ Nav Music and you did the remix for We Doing It Big yep. as well the Desi remix which was fantastic which got released slower than what it should have been ruined the whole song <laughs> it did really he's a 80 BPM how are you going to dance that the mm. beat's dirty listen to the beat if you if you listen to that song, but don't, if you're going to play it in the background, speed it up before you play it. <laughs> because otherwise, I'll just be disheartened and say, this is what I didn't like about it. <laughs> but even that, man, there was 30, 40 artists at the shoot for Cully. There's not one artist there that doesn't know me. And that and me gassing it. That's me saying, maybe I am meant to be here. Mm. When I said second best, no, I'm the guy behind the guy. I'm the support system. 
Fuck, I'm good at that. Mm. But that's what I always push towards, mm. not wanting to be that guy. Yo, kids want to break through. I'm not going to be the guy that stops them. Go for it. You need help. How can I help you? If mm. I can't, I'm not going to stop you. Because mm. that ain't me. Yeah. So you say you're the guy behind the guy, but then also at the same time, now, in, I think it was 2013 or 14, for the British Asian Music Awards, you got nominated for Best Club DJ alongside some of the UK's biggest DJs. And where did the nominations DJs? go after that? You tell me. DJ and I were doing more shows than ever. Travelled more the world they, than any yeah. DJ, anyone at that time. Yeah. Not saying I didn't, I should have had the award. I'm just saying that if I was nominated that year, the years after that, I was doing bigger shows. I did Holy Dubai. I did New Year's Eve Dubai for seven years on the trot. Seven years. Holy, every second year, the people perform that stage was Holy singing his peak. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not a small stage. Mm. At the same time, people like Frenzy respect the guys taking a DJ which was frowned upon into a personality that, hold on a minute, these guys have got respect. I'm lucky that people that book me don't book me to swear at me. That's because I value myself. And there's certain DJs that go out there just to just to say they're DJs, I don't go out to DJ to say I'm DJ. I go to a house party and someone says DJ, I'm like, no man, pay me. I value my craft. You don't value your craft. Don't get me wrong, passionately DJ anywhere. You want to jump on the decks? Jump on the decks. But don't let someone say, Gizzy, your DJ, jump on the decks. Because you know what? That guy could be the best DJ on the planet. But he's got no respect for his craft. My laptop, my laptop's my life. You put a drink close to my laptop. This is not my laptop. Yeah. And this is too close to me. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm. But that thing makes me my money. How you go to work and let's just say, if, you got, if you're an accountant, this thing, calculator. Calculator? Yeah. You try spilling the coffee in that guy's calculator. Yeah. Value your craft. DJs deserve money. It's the tool, isn't it? It's the tool that allows drums. you to do that. Gizzy, you had turntables and addictive roadshow days. Hmm? Bad boy. And you're still a creative. You never lose a creative. You're, True. Mike Daddy. Yeah. You should share that story again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so obviously we talked about and we, we touched on uh, you taking the decision to, um, to move to the Kudos family. Yeah, and you had three or four solid wedding seasons under the Kudos umbrella and further developing and, and creating oh. a, a following. But then obviously you took the decision to leave. Four uh, years. I was, Kudos. Four years? Four years I was there. Yeah. And you took the decision to leave after, after four years. Was that, was that because you wanted to potentially get into other sides of music? Because you left the production aside. Did you, did you want to, nah. to continue with production? Did you feel as if, because let's be honest, working with Kuvados for four seasons, it's a graph because there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential bookings. You were traveling mm -hmm. up and down the country. Do you know what? I'll be honest with you, Kudos, my only issue with Kudos is it wasn't mine. Mm. And that's the biggest compliment you can give the person that owns that, by the way. So my, my, and I had yep. my own before. And you know what? Respect to the guys that DJ under that umbrella because you know what? They want to be part of that family. I'm not saying I don't want to be part of that family. But the family isn't mine. And I respect them enough to not be part of something that I don't respect the way it should be respected. But to make it very clear, I wasn't chucked out. Mm. I wasn't forced out. I wasn't replaced. But I also wasn't asked to stay. Mm. So I also say, that they have the same thing. Oh, and like I'm a respecting mutual, them. Yeah, mutual. Agree, and, uh, like a, one of those mutual, like, 
you know, you need to do your thing for you as, you know, you as an individual, you as a personality. And they need to do what was right for them. And those two things, sometimes Kyros they don't was match. just fighting the North again. Yeah. Kyros was fighting my hometown again. Yeah. Because the locals went, oh, no, no, we need a DJ from our town. Right. And Kudos were boom. But yeah. I was doing the same thing as Kudos in London. Yeah. I'm not denying that. And mm. I'm, I'm, that's a solid statement. I was doing gigs in London, not cheaper. Some may be, but sometimes more money in their town. I'll make a noise. You don't, go, you don't get, oh, I want you to come join us. Yeah. If you're doing nothing, no, no. you're making yeah. some sort yeah. of movement. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a credit to, to your craft and but, your work. But they're, they're, they're kingpin. They're, them guys are just innovating and they're the, de- they're the roadshow innovators. They're moving visionaries. And I, I, I said one thing straight that they, they've they changed a little bit, but I'll tell you what, it's, it's not my baby. And big shout out to one person that I've got a lot of love for, Just Johal. Mm-hmm. That guy has to be sometimes the guy he's not. To be that person, Nav understands. But Guys are G, Harv, G, H, businessman. But you don't get to where you get no. being nice all the time. I'm not saying H is nasty. H is sick. H, when I was a kid, was whoa. And still respect him the same way. But the guy is just taking DJs, a DJ to a whole new level. Who thought production would be a thing of an Asian Indian wedding? Yep. That's not us, guys. Well, it's, not- it's no lo- longer kudos as a roadshow. It's kudos AV. Yeah, but you see, it's what it is. It's a show the, the, now. My issue with the, the one thing that wasn't a mistake, but the one thing that if it was my baby, I would have done slightly different. But that ain't for I say it's not a negative, but it's an equal playing field now in the in the 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 vision they've set for everybody. I used to walk into a wedding, and when I wasn't part of kudos, I'd walk in and say, "Whoa, they got kudos." Seeing it on a seeing it on a on just the, the DJ booth. Yeah. Walking to wedding today. This isn't because Kudos did this and they let the brand go. This is just the way I see weddings today. And you walk in and you see a picture of the bride room, the way it should be. And as a DJ, I want to plug my name at some point, but let's say it is DJ Tom, Dick or Harry. Who's the client book? You don't know because it's their wedding. So the brand smacking, the AV smacking, the DJ smacking, they're a massive sick outfit and respect to them. But for me, it's just, I, I, I want to do the brand and groom's wedding. Obviously, now you, you've left them and yes, we're, we've gone a couple of seasons after that and now oh, we're man, in just lockdown. A season, just a season, don't kill me. A season, me. well, it would have been <laughs> corona, <laughs> corona, corona delayed yeah, season yeah. right now. No, yeah. it will be too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, and now we're in lockdown. Obviously, like we said at the beginning, that um, it's been a blessing for you that you... This, blessing on the planet. Yep. And... We're, we're looking forward to, to what's to come. Do you think, I mean, this is a crystal ball kind of, kind of question, so yes. it's going to be very difficult <laughs> to answer. But do you see... That wasn't a question, do you want a crystal ball? Do you, see, yeah. yes. do you see that this will have a permanent impact on the wedding industry? The reason why I ask that is because you mentioned there about, you know, people like Kudos and yourself who have taken the wedding industry to a whole new level. And, and like when I, you know, when I was young, when we were younger... Weddings were on that level and they've exploded in, you know, now it's like going to a film set. Do you see that this, this scaling down that is going to have to happen? Do, do you see that do having you know a huge impact? what lockdown's going to do, bro? Lockdown's going to save a lot of families. Mm. And people, this, so I'm a, I'm a DJ, a businessman, I make money from yeah. these people. Nah, man, I've got a heart. Don't invite the world to your wedding. Right. Don't spend every penny you've got on your wedding. Mm. Because I tell you what, the day after your wedding, people are still going to say, Either it was crap, the food was crap, the DJ was shit. So I'll yeah. tell you what, we're these us brown people and 
other communities, especially other Indians, let's put us into a context, or even Asians, there we mm. go. We spend our lives, or our parents spent all their lives saying every penny to compromise their lives, yeah. to compromise their livelihood, to also sometimes going to debt mm. for the rest yeah. of their lives right. for a day that doesn't do nothing for the person that's getting married. And if I'm taking every penny away from you, hypothetically, mm. for you to have the best wedding, if you've got money, blow it. Yeah. If you're not, tell you what, tell me you don't want to spend it because that's the person that I want to hear. Right. The day people realize that a wedding doesn't need to be big, go and buy a house, go and set your life up. Yeah. That's, because reality is, he's a why kill somebody. Mm. The world's already dying. Mm. This, this pandemic, bro, saved people's lives. It mm. also killed a lot of people mm. with the illness. Think about the people that were going to kill themselves going into debt. We spoke about these farmers in India for years, right? Yeah. What about the families that still give dowry? What about the families that still like have to take loans from loan sharks, never mind mm. proper loans, yeah. mm. and can never pay them and suppress and eventually have nowhere to go because the child has to have this wedding. I don't want to be that guy. There's a serious message there. And I think that, you know, people listening to this, this is the time to really reconsider Big time. priorities, reconsider financially. And yes, we talked a lot about Nav's particular journey, but I think it's great to hear from a DJ on the cutting edge, just saying to people, look, just think about it, you know, really consider what you're going to do with the rest of your life. I think it's a great mas- a message, Nav. And I think, you know what, I'm grateful for you to say that because people doing that would have a direct impact on your business but the fact that you're I'll be happy, willing to I'll be happy yeah. to if you can help somebody right. and lose something yeah. you're not losing nothing you've gained you you've gained peace yeah. okay whatever I've done I believe if I die tomorrow some people will be a bit vexed because I still need to get something sorted for <laughs> right. but I can die happy with the person I am yeah yeah. that's what I'd love to leave that's real talk there that's real talk not one page not two feet it's the three so this is the part of the show Nav where we asked you what are your three tunes that you could play on repeat over and over again in your car in your bedroom before you go to sleep anytime what is your number I've one got, I've got high expectations for this Nav seeing that you are a DJ after all <laughs> this is and, what, this and we is, talked a lot about track but, selection but, but, so. but, but, but this is what I like yeah, no. This no. is not a DJ Nav Lights. Right, right, okay. See, this is, this... see, even before this interview, by the way, I had shorts and a t-shirt on and I know I didn't get changed much, but I actually went changed to be DJ Nav again. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound like much, but anyone that is a DJ will understand that a little bit. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is not DJ Nav, this is Nav. Right, what's your number one, Nav? Shinda PMC Mirza. Part two? Part two. Mm-hmm. Boom. What a tune. Legalised, 1998. What a tune I don't care the year I don't care the album the <laughs> album was unbelievable by the way that whole album yeah. was, if you say an album was boom that was boom yeah but that tune no matter where you are when you are time of day night of day it's an absolute classic if you if you play that somewhere and someone says I don't like it that person needs to be shot <laughs> I'm joking that's the one person that's wedding I want to charge loads of no, <laughs> but that tune is timeless it is it definitely is timeless beautiful what, do you have any memories of that tune, like the first time hearing it? What, Too many what is memories. This? Good memories. Never a bad time. The song can never make something. It's always going to make, oh, yo, what a tune. Yeah, I've yeah, never yeah, seen yeah, yeah. I've heard this two times. Right. That, so that's times, such a good point, actually. There's, you know, there's certain tunes that are bangers for a minute yeah. and then you get to the point where it's like, okay, I've heard that tune enough. 
But you're, the, the sign of a classic tune is that no one's ever bored of it. Or you hear it and it sends you to a different place back mentally. And it's like, oh, I'm just in that good place now. When you said back to back, though, it'd be a bit much to listen to it forever. <laughs> but my point is, I don't, whenever I hear it, it's sick. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> solid, solid choice, man. So number two, Nav. Another one that's slow. Because this is Nav, like I said. Gurdas man, Sajna, Sajna. Memories. Just every single time I hear it takes me different places through my life. Mm. My dad's favourite track. I was just going to say, my memory my of this tune is your dad singing it. Yeah. He doesn't sing a song. He never will. Yeah. Like, you have to beg him to like, a birthday yeah. party, wasn't it? it was yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the only song that he'll happily like sing. But even after begging him, you mm. don't want to. Mm. But for me, that's a happy place. So just seeing him up there. I see him like at the Gurdara, but for me, the tune's just... Yeah. It's the one that hits, it hits your heart, that tune, doesn't it? It's one of those where weird, it kind of just like... It weird, is. But it doesn't for me. Right. Not the song. Mm. The, the, what, the song's re- what the song makes me relate to here is the happy place. Yeah, yeah. So the song... So not the song vibe. itself, it's actually the nostalgia the, the of the song. The memory of the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, every, all the songs that I've picked are what they create. Mm. Mm. The music is one thing, but the memories those songs create. Yeah, absolutely. And this is this is what we're hearing a lot, Navin. You know, you you raise a good point because a lot of people they pick. You know, we we talk about the three P and people pick three tunes, and it could be any three tunes in the world. But the thing that always comes back to it is this song makes me feel, or it has made me feel a certain way. Yep. And when I hear that song, those memories come flooding back. Whether it be yeah. with family, whether it be with with loved ones, friends in certain places. Music has that great ability to just transport us into its whole different place just by hearing a certain sound. Fact, music has music's there for every feeling. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Music can never make you feel down. Mm. It can support you whilst you feel down. That's another yeah, great yeah. point. Music great point. can't make you happy, mm. but it gives you happiness. Yeah. You don't feel the beat, Giza. You are the beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, the songs, what we told is the beat. Yeah, nah, yeah. man, it makes you feel how you feel and yeah, it supports yeah. you. Mm. It surrounds you in a sound. Mm. Yeah. You're in the middle of music everywhere you go. Yeah. Like Absolutely. AC unit is a sound. Mm. It's comfort. There's not no black noise. Absolutely. Everything. And that's what every song is. It's all frequency, isn't it? Everything's frequency. Frequency yeah, vibration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Big time. That being said, Nav, what's your number three? What's your final three, Pete? It's a three slash four. Unfortunately, and I okay. can't, and it has to be, it has to be, so I don't Let, what Okay, let's call it a three, 3.5. No, we're calling it three and four is now just three. Actually, <laughs> 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 oh, let me tell you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's mix yeah. three and four together so to make three. This is me and when I became, when I, when I, I became the ha, relax again. Mm. An artist, I'm not going to give the song straight away because it's two songs, like both by the same artist, not a, not on the legend scale I've been from, Surindra Shinda and PMC to we're talking like the other way around and it's like nah nah bro that's not that's why we're going we got that's not, not the world necessarily knows they do today mm. but not when this came out mm. uh, birthday kick remix unplugged Mickey Singh now this is before okay. anyone knew who Mickey Singh was and luckily I was introduced to his music just because there was something potentially going to happen mm-hmm. no one like legit no he hadn't really done anything yeah and the guy was part of uh, part of my life and he always will be mm. he, he's a song that I, I played to Sunny Sunny Delilah my, my missus and uh, this song basically says right so I was like the, the real question I was asking her was so tell me yeah, you're saying yes or no 
But she said, the song's sick. And I'm like, no, no, answer the question. <laughs> but the song was just that beautiful time mm. of being there and the memories that just surrounds that yeah. frequency mm. to the point of I was moving to Canada and I'd, me and Sonny weren't knowing where we we're going to go, what we we're going to do. To, he dropped his mixtape and he had Rani Melandi on there and we loved it. And she loved it and it was just a song that was, you know what, it's just, and it basically says, oh, you're a pauper and I'm, I'm loaded as a woman. She's just, I'm basically, I'm on the streets and she's got bare cash. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> but does that make me small? No. Does it make me feel like, you know what? Do I relate to that position? No. Do I love the song? Yeah. Does it put things into perspective for how people see it? So if they don't understand, here's a song that, makes you understand how we feel about each other that's a, that's so, a solid th- three so slash four and I could understand so I why so I messaged him okay the bro don't, you don't know me but uh, I need you to sing me a song this guy's a singer mm-hmm. and he's a superstar and at that point it wasn't that he was nobody he did something that I didn't think I'd get I got him to sing Rani Melandi Acapella, which I have, by the way. He didn't even say don't do not with it. But I, I just out of what that memory was, what it created. I never thought of doing a mix about it. I thought, hold on, that's a bank, I could use it. But <laughs> still, it never, it still doesn't. And after saying this, I'd, I'd be a real hypocrite if I did do a mix of it. So I won't, I never want to do a mix of this track because it's personal memories. But that song is what Mine and Sonny's first dance was. And recently Ami Virk just done a version on his, yeah, yeah, on his yeah, during lockdown. Right, yeah. And everyone's like, yo, it's your first dance. No, no, no. That song's a Kaldeep Manak song from back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a Mickey Singh song for me. My dad told me it's a Manak song. So have I just picked three old school classic legend singers? One without knowing. Yeah. So what, what am I relating to? Lyrical content, song, music. All yeah. soft. Every single song of these is a chilled out track. Mm. Feelings. That's my. I think that's a, I think that's a wicked three P. <laughs> yeah. Now, and it's so different as well because, yes, you you get some guys that have bangers back to back, and then well, some. Then you got to send weekend. the yeah. I played sixty five times just for joke, and it's like, yo, I don't hear it again. Yeah. It's a no, banger. So maybe yeah, that's yeah. what you but chill out to. to that's yeah. It. yeah, that's what you want to put in your headphones before you go so, to sleep or it, to wind down. Great, so great three though. That very very uh, emotive three and real solid pick. This is the part of the show where we ask, are you roots or rhymes? So the final question uh, of the podcast, Nav, is are you roots or are you rhymes? My head and my heart, two different things. And okay. my heart, roots. And my head's rhyme. Because to get anywhere in life, you have to sing a song for the world. Legit. So no matter what, we're always reacting and relaying and trying to rhyme our way through life and it sounds stupid I'm, I might sound too deep or I might sound like I'm going mental but at the same time that's how I see it and my roots are here I won't change the person but to get somewhere and do things in life bro we're always we're always rhyming mm. so yeah you know I'm not a 50-50 split because that'd be a boring question mm. but which way it's 70-30 everyone will have their own answer to that yeah, yeah. how would they know me mm. so pick your choice how my roots are rhymes because one's 70 one's 30 right that's my answer. Absolutely. And, and, and that's the trend that, that's being going through this, that not everybody is either one or the other. There is, there is 
an, an element of both, like you said, whether it's 50, 50, 60, 40, 70, 30, there is an element of, of both inside of it. And like you said, you whatever, are you an artist, which is rhymes, or are you roots? The guy that says, no, it's this way or that way. So no one's going to say I won. If they do, then you It depends. Really- and it's also your interpretation of, of what roots and rhymes means. For some, it may be, am I more dissy or am I more Western? For you, it's more a case of rhymes to me is how, how we life. go through life. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And, but within my heart, I'm true to my roots. To what I know. My exactly. roots are different to everyone's exactly. and yours are different to everyone's. So it is what it is. And thank you for this, by the way. Last no, absolutely. It's been fascinating. It's, it's been, been great. It's been some, some great stories, some, you know, real insight into what has made you who you are today. It's been great. It's been thank a good opportunity for that. And just so that everybody knows, this is your opportunity to plug. What have you got going on? Nah, um, you're gonna have to just correct me on this. No, you're not actually. But the translation to "I came, I saw, conquered" is "Veni, vidi, vici." Just remember that. That's the future for what I'm plugging into today. And "Veni, vidi, vici." That's not because I came and I saw, I conquered. But hopefully, you come see me, and we'll conquer together. Right. That's the vision. Brilliant. It's been absolutely fantastic having you on the show. It's a real, real pleasure. Thank you very much, guys. The UK is on red alert. As part of our commitment to the British Asian events industry, we're campaigning with We Make Events to help raise vital funds for those who can no longer work as a result of live events being cancelled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. You can help by donating using the link in the description of this podcast because together we can help make events again.